Welcome to the chat. This podcast is here to encourage and challenge you in your walk with Christ by inspiring women of faith. Chat means an informal conversation, and we can't wait for you to hear this episode of the chat podcast. Your host, Nina Evans, is a Christian marriage and family counselor, police chaplain, national speaker, author, and religion columnist for the Republic newspaper. The chat podcast originates from your gospel station, WYGS, a Southern gospel radio station in Columbus, Indiana. If you'd like to sponsor the radio show or podcast, please contact WYGS at 812-373-9947 or WYGS.org. Welcome to the chat. The chat is brought to you by Moffat Aqua Systems of Greensburg and Aqua Systems of Columbus. Welcome, everyone, to the chat. I'm coming to you from the beautiful city of Columbus, Indiana. My name is Nida Evans, and I am the host for The Chat. It airs each Saturday morning from 9 to 10 o'clock on radio station WYGS, and it can be live-streamed from its website. The Chat is also available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. My guest today for the chat is Christy Shaw. Christy is a wife, mother, and she now works for Clarity. She is a community educator. We'll be right back with the chat. Welcome back to the chat. My guest today is Christy Shaw. Christy is a community educator for Clarity here in Columbus. Welcome to the chat, Christy. Hello, Nida. It's nice to be here. Good to have you. I've been looking forward to this. Yes, me too. I'm excited. Will you tell us about your family? Sure, yes. My husband, Dennis. Mm. uh, We have four uh, beautiful children. We have three boys, one girl. So we have a 25-year-old son, and we have a 17-year-old daughter who's going to turn 18 in a couple weeks. We have a 15-year-old that will turn 16, and then we have a an eighth-grade son who is 15. So. Wow. Yeah. Four children. You know, I've yeah. had several guests on the chat that have three, four children, and so, yeah, that's always interesting. Yes. I never imagined I would have four kids because I'm an only child, but it's been a blessing and it's been a lot of fun so it was a, it was a challenge for me for sure but it's been a lot of fun <laughs> will you tell us about your work yes i work for clarity and um i volunteered for them for wow eight years in the counseling room just uh giving pregnancy tests and diapers wipes and onesies and then they actually came to me and said hey would you consider working part-time and i was a volunteer coordinator until i had a friend to pull me aside who worked for clarity Tracy Pike, and she said, you know what, uh, you are using about 10% of your gifts in your ministry right now in your job, and I want you to use 90% in my department, and I want you to come speak to students. And I was like, uh, no, no way. Mm. <laughs> I don't know that, you know, I get in trouble for speaking. So <laughs> I, I was like, I'd never been comfortable public speaking and actually went home uh, bawling and praying and told my husband, and God made it clear that I was supposed to join the education team about seven years ago. But you do have a teaching degree. I do have a teaching degree, and that's a little bit different than, I think, presenting this message, Mm -hmm. um, speaking to students about sex. And so I go into health classes every week to a different school because we speak to, you know, six surrounding counties. And I talk to um, high schoolers, and I do some middle school, too. I love high school. 
but it's I always tell people it's like being a substitute teacher because you only go see them for about a week to talk about sex. So that's a little awkward. You try to build mm-hmm. a foundation and a relationship in a short amount of time mm-hmm. so that you earn the right to give them this this truth, God's truth, this information that, you know, we can't say it's truth in the public school, but it is God's truth. And so we're trying to get them to understand their worth, healthy choices. Was it hard for you to make a transition into doing that? You know, I, I was super excited. Actually, once I knew that that was where God was calling me, I was very nervous, um, hard. I, I'm not sure that it was hard in the sense I just knew that God had called me to that, but I didn't think that I could do it. So that so mm. part of me was like, it's going to be hard. But once I just started watching people and then started, God just showed up and he just equipped me. And then the more I did that, the more I realized that he's got you, Christy, and this is what he wants you to do. So it was like the coolest thing I have ever witnessed in my life. Mm. Isn't that just like God? He just yes. shows up. Yes, he does. Thankfully, because we don't want to do it on our own. For sure. When did you come to know Jesus and have a personal relationship with him? Will you tell us your testimony? Sure. So I probably, my mom, um, actually, a, I was friends with a girl, and her mom asked if she could come to my home and, and tell my mom about God, have Bible study with her. I was probably in first grade, and so we started going to church then. And I, I'm not sure, I'm thinking eight or nine, I asked Jesus into my heart, but I also asked him into my heart every time I sinned, thinking that I lost him, you know, if I did something bad. So I wasn't... Mm-hmm quite understanding everything. I got baptized when I was 12 and knew that, you know, what God had to offer sounded amazing. But my home life started to get really uh, rocky or rough when I was um, in high school. I had an alcoholic father and they were not doing well. And I guess I thought when you trusted Christ that he would just make your life easy and um, take care of you, you know, if you just do some things for him. And so when life was sort of falling apart, I definitely ran away from him and decided to do life my own way. And so probably when I was in my early 20s, then I decided that, you know, I'm going to do some things differently and I need to start living for God again. Mm-hmm. So I came back to him. Sounds like it was more of a works kind of a relationship. You did the works and God would respond in a positive way. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know why I thought that, but probably just because I, you know, wasn't studying the word or didn't understand that as a as a child and not having that biblical basis or that home or you know, my, my family, they've, they're not saved. Many of my family members aren't saved. So I didn't really know what a personal relationship with Jesus meant. So you were about 20 when you started taking seriously a relationship with Jesus. Yes, I had um, a moment um, my senior year um, in high school, you, you know, so because my dad was an alcoholic, like many girls, we go searching for love and value from people, especially guys, when we get about that age. And I just wanted someone to validate me and love me. And I didn't want it to be God because I wanted it to be tangible. Mm-hmm. So I went looking for that. And as a result, I went away uh, with a girlfriend for a weekend and got myself into a situation with a couple of strangers and became pregnant. I had a crisis pregnancy myself. And that is what brought me to volunteer at Clarity. And so I decided to carry my son. And I had a beautiful uh, boy two months before I graduated high school. And I would say that I probably then was like, okay, God, I'm going to sort of do some things for you. And I, I was always in church still. You know, I never stopped going, even though I wasn't really honoring God with my life. But I still wanted to fill that void. And I mm-hmm. didn't know how else to do it besides men. So I continued to date because now I'm thinking, I, I did everything wrong and I want to find a dad for this child. So I would continue to date and have unhealthy relationships until one day my little baby boy, he's sitting on the couch, he's two. And he has this conversation with me. He just out of the blue says, 
you know, I don't have a daddy. And I said, well, yeah, you do. You know, everyone has a dad. And he's like, no, everybody has a daddy. I don't. And that just pierced my spirit. And I thought, I don't want my child to have a life like I had. And I knew that he had value and that he was worth healthy choices, even though at that moment, I did not feel like I've always struggled with um, insecurity and my value. And so I, for some reason, God just got a hold of me. I said, you know what, God, okay, I'm going to try to do it your way. And I stopped dating. And that really was a turning point in my Mm -hmm. life. So then you started taking seriously a relationship with Jesus. What's your relationship with Jesus like today? Oh, (laughs) I could not live without him. Uh, He is teaching me right now to be his best friend. I rely on him for everything. Uh, Without him, I am nothing. Um, You know, we are left ourselves sinful people and our heart is evil. And so I have to rely on him every day to um, love others. And I really want people to know Christ. From my life i want to be that light that shines to others mm. so. has he given you a passion for anything as followers of christ when we come to know him and take him seriously he gives us a passion for something an extra interest in wanting to do something for him or allowing him to use us in some way has he given you a passion yes absolutely my uh, passion would be restoration i love seeing people healed from pain, but specifically uh, sexual sin. And um, obviously I went to Clarity because I was a teen mom thinking that I'm going to help these mothers. You know, I'm going to maybe share my story in the counseling room to encourage them that, you know what, God um, has got you. And just because maybe you've made an unhealthy choice doesn't mean that your life is over. But he came beside me and said, I'm going to, I'm going to restore you and I'm going to teach you Mm -hmm. about myself. And I'm going to teach you that I love you and that you're forgiven. And so through that process, he brought me to this place where I'm like, I didn't learn the truth from from Christ and just for myself. Mm-hmm. I need to share that with other people. And so I go into a room every week and talk about sex mm-hmm. is not just physical. And you may get through high school and be sexually active and not have the physical consequence of a pregnancy or an STD. Possibly, you know, I had a pregnancy, but you will be affected emotionally, mentally, ethically, and socially. Mm-hmm. And that's the stuff that takes years mm-hmm. to work through. Mm-hmm. God, you know, does not want us to um, live with those heavy consequences. And so I try to get students to understand that, you know, they, they are a valuable person who deserves healthy choices. And that's a very basic, And you know, we, I don't get to tell them that their creator is the one who made them. And that's why, but I hope that they see that light or they see something different about me as I go into the, to the classroom. What a weighty, important passion God has given you because you have experience in the area of of doing things the wrong way. But he's given you a passion to be able to reach others with doing things the right way. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know that it just took me years to understand so many things. There's so many lies that I believed Mm -hmm. and you know, how hard it was for me to get to this place. And so I want others, you know, those those lies that where Satan just gets at us, I want to bring those to the light and say that, no, this is not the truth. And I want you to hear, you know, what God says. What's an area or two where God is working on you to make you more like him? <laughs> well, uh, right now, I would say I'm in a season of a lot of growth. And, you know, I, I think that he is teaching me to trust him. You know, trust is very hard for people who have had, you know, difficult circumstances, especially trauma. And I've experienced, you know, traumatic um, things in my life. Like, you know, my son, I I was raped at 17. And so that that was a traumatic event. 
And um, I also um, have, um, you know, violation in my past. And so I'm very passionate about teaching people that, you know, that affects you as a child. And so you may act out sexually in negative ways, you know, in the future. And I think those things allow us to then maybe not trust God because we, we make God human mm-hmm. and we don't understand that he's not human. And so I think he's teaching me right now in the season to, even though things maybe don't go the way I think they should, or um, I'm not, I, I can't see what he's doing. Just trust him because he has his will towards us is good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a season of, of complete growth. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing things in my life right now um, that doing things differently than what I've done in the past. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's uncomfortable because sometimes we, we cope with life and we just are comfortable with what we always do. But I think he's trying to change some more things in my life that are unhealthy mm-hmm. and um, for his for, for his work so that mm-hmm. I can help others. The chat has a theme song called Stepping Out. And in this song, it's talking about getting out of the boat so that God can stretch you to allow you to trust him, your faith in him to grow deeper and stretching you in while doing this. Is there a time in your life when God has wanted to stretch you? Yes, absolutely. And I sort of have already talked about it, but when... They asked me to be on Clarity's team again. I um, People probably that know me, I am an outgoing person. I love people. I get energized by people. Uh, so people would think, well, you would be comfortable just talking to anybody. You seem you know, perfectly comfortable. But when they asked me to come on the team to speak specifically to students, and even more specifically, I knew that God wanted me not only to just give our curriculum to them, but to share my story. Because when I share truth and when I'm real and relatable, then students uh, may open up and be more you know, open to the ideas of what we are trying to tell them about, you know, healthy living and about, and about God. I was very uncomfortable with that. And so when I then decided, okay, God, that's what you want me to do. You want me to be a speaker. And I started and I just am like, I don't know, you know, I can, le- I can learn everything. I could read over stuff. But every time I would go, he just would give me, you know, I'd be so nervous, but he would give me this peace and he would give me the words to say. And then you say things that you know God put into your mind to say in every classroom you say, you know, you have the same curriculum, but he'll bring specific things out. And I know it's for specific people in that classroom. And I, again, an insecurity and um, value has been such a struggle for me. And that's, um, you know, it can get to a place, you know, I always thought, well, that's sort of like being humble because you're, you know, you're, you're, um, you don't think you don't think highly of yourself and you really think you're not good. But then I learned that it's actually a sin that I'm thinking to myself even more than what I need to. And so when I'm like, OK, Lord, I have to trust you that you will equip me to do what you want me to do. And the more that I did it, he brought healing into my life. And people started to say, well, you wow, you, you have a gift. I'm like, really? I'm good at something. And, and I know that it, it's not me. It's, it's him because mm-hmm. I, know, I know me. I know where I came from mm-hmm. and I know I could not do it without him there. And so that when I when I took that, I've just seen him work in my life. And um, our executive director, Tim Bond, he got to see me this weekend. We, I did a um, spiritual retreat where I was serving. And he said, you know, I have seen you grow so much from the time you started at Clarity. And, and I, I just know that that it once you decide to do something God asks you to do and step out in faith, he will change you and reward you and and you just get stronger it sounds like god has stretched you (laughs) (laughs) i feel it i feel it every time still when i go in the classroom it's very uncomfortable but there's nothing more rewarding than following christ is there Mm -hmm. it's not easy but it's just i can't imagine what i would be doing 
you know, in the, in the times when I want to quit, you know, like if I had a hard class or I get a negative comment and I think, oh, you know, or maybe people in my life, there are people in my life that I'm very close to that are not supportive of me doing this role because it's uncomfortable for them. But then I think, what, what would I be doing if I wasn't doing this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's work sometimes that um, you don't see the rewards now and you just have to trust that God will, God will use it. He will honor that. Well, it sounds for sure like God has stretched you, but you have gone along with that stretching and allowed him to work through you to touch others. Well, Christy, we've got to take a break. Okay. We'll be right back with the chat. We're back with the chat, and I'm chatting today with Christy Shaw. Christy is a community educator for Clarity here in Columbus. I'd like to get into your prayer life now, Christy. Do you have a designated place that you go to every day to pray? I don't have like a a place, like a prayer room or anything. I talk to God all the time. So as soon as I wake up in the morning, I'm normally talking to him about the day. Uh, Before I go to bed at night, I try to make it a habit to... uh, Cause sometimes, you know, life can be difficult or the day might be heavy to try to thank him for things, you know, just be grateful. Like, okay, three things that I was grateful for today, Lord, you know, but I'm constantly talking to him all day long, especially with my job, because we go into classrooms where we speak truth to students and there's a lot of spiritual warfare with that. And sure. so before I go into a classroom, mm. I am praying. Um, sometimes maybe a student will say something, you know, like they won't handle something that I said, or they'll give me some pushback. I will pray right then, you Mm -hmm. know, because Mm -hmm. I feel like, oh, you know, or you, you may, you know, pray for, you know, something happens like there'll be a fire drill. Right. And you're like, you know, this message is so important. You know, Satan's pulling that fire drill. I mean, like, seriously, (laughs) like I I don't have time for this fire drill. So yeah, I, I, I just, I pray a lot all day long. Like, like God is my friend. Will you explain what your prayer life looks like? Let's say in the morning before you get out of bed, mm-hmm. all the way through the day and even at night before you go to bed again. Okay. Do you pray before you get out of bed? And then will you take us yes. through a day of communication with God? Okay. So yeah, I, I pray before I get out of bed and then I'm probably I'm praying in the shower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really am. And then um, as I get going, I'm probably praying while I get ready. Um, a lot of times when we go to the classrooms, we're traveling to different uh, communities. So I'm praying in the car, always uh, pray then. And then anything that comes up during the day, you know, I, I have the, the privilege of working for a place where, you know, we, we're centered around Christ. And so we, you know, we pray a lot during our meetings. You know, we pray for each other. Um, you know, we may text each other during the day. Hey, can you pray for this or that? And then, of course, we pray for meals um, as a family. And then I would pray in the evening before I go to bed, like I said. Um, I used to do, before life got busy, I, I stayed at home with my kiddos for 10 years. That was a, a, an honor, too. It was very difficult as an outgoing person, mm-hmm. but so thankful that mm-hmm. God allowed me that time because I think, again, he was prepping me for what I'm called to do mm-hmm. um, in that season. He was giving me rest. Um, but I used to do a prayer journal, and so I would write my prayers down and things now that life is a little bit busier and I have some teenagers I don't do that and I I do miss that because you sometimes miss what God has done sounds like it's going on all day long yes (laughs) I I I tend to talk to him I feel like pretty constantly just like a conversation um there's there are times where uh like I said I served on a spiritual retreat this weekend you know I before I went and gave a talk I got down on my knees there are times where I get down my knees or get prostrate um, there, there's been times where I've been in a classroom where I just come back to the office and just sit there and lay and just 
am in awe of how God would use someone like myself. Um, and I just feel like I have to, you know, go just get down before him humbly because mm. I'm so grateful for all that he does. Mm. He, he just is. Um, he loves us so much and there's so much hurt out there. And I just want to be able to help people understand mm. how they can get closer to him so. and to think how god is using you and things that have gone on in your past to reach to speak to those yes absolutely um he um every hurt that i have went through he has used it for good mm. i have clearly seen that in my life and even though it's still painful um it, you it you don't get over it you know it's it's going to affect you but he has used it now for good and i think he keeps me at a place of just the humbleness of knowing that where I came from and who I was so that I can understand mm-hmm. others. You know, I, I don't look at people and say, well, why are you doing that? You know, why are you making that choice? You're a hot mess. No, I, I'm like, I understand because I've been there, mm-hmm. but there's, there's hope and there's a different way. And I want you to know that because mm-hmm. God created you to be, you know, who he wants you to be from before you were born. And he has this perfect plan for all of us. And I just want it, especially teens. I'm really passionate about speaking to students. Mm-hmm. So I, I get energy from young people. Are there any prayers you pray specifically for yourself each day? Yes, I pray that I would get out of the way, um, that God would give me specific words, uh, you know, because every day I am speaking. So, you know, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I work, I'm in a classroom every day. So my, a lot of my prayer life is around, you know, what I do now is my at my position at Clarity. And so, you know, I'm always praying that I get out of the way and that he would give me the exact words to plant a seed mm-hmm. uh, for those students. And then, um, you know, there's a lot of prayers as a mom over the years. I've always prayed that my kids at an early age would know God's will for their life and not wait till they're, you know, 35 or 40 like mm-hmm. I did mm-hmm. to serve him, that they would know early on. So I, I pray a lot for my kids and I pray for my husband and, and our marriage relationship. And um, yeah, there's just a lot to pray for. There is. There? Yes, there <laughs> is. Yes. If God could only answer two of those prayers that you pray, mm-hmm. what would they be? My father's salvation. Okay. That, that would be in that, um, to be honest, I don't pray about that all the time. It's very painful mm-hmm. to know um, that he's not safe. And so I, I feel convicted of that many times. You know, I, I don't have obviously life altogether. And uh, there are seasons where I pray for it more than others. Mm-hmm. But that is heavy on my heart. Uh, anybody who knows that, you know, they have family that doesn't know the Lord, you don't want them to, mm-hmm. you know, perish. And then the other thing that I, I would want is my children to follow Christ, you know, live their life out uh, in their calling. And I have tried to be what I didn't have for my children. And, um, you know, God gives us unique opportunities. Uh, you know, my um, one of my mentors, she's just always, you know, when I get busy and work, because I used to stay at home. So then working now and having kids, is, it's a lot, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. lot. And it, sometimes you feel like you're not doing well in those areas. But, you know, she's like, you're teaching your children what it looks like to serve Christ. You're right. You're right. And so um, l- hopefully, you know, God is using that in their life to say, wow, I'm, I'm, I want to do that, whatever mm-hmm. their job may be someday. Mm-hmm. Let's look at your devotional life. Okay. Do you have a devotional that you like to use or do you just read a scripture during your mm-hmm. devotion time? Uh, what does your devotion yeah. time look like? Right now, um, I have never read through the Bible in a year, so that's what I'm doing. I've 
you know, that was my New Year's resolution, mm-hmm. and I have been able to stick to that, and it is May, so not doing too bad. You know, sometimes we only last till about January. So, you know, it's yeah. May, I'm still on the mark, and I, I want to do that because I want to honor God, and um, some of those times, you know, you're reading places, the you know, the Bible, it's, it's active, and so it, it comes at you and hits you in different places. So I am really excited that, you know, I'm reading things before. I'm like, oh, I, I didn't know that. The Old Testament is... Not as familiar, right? Because we get comfortable with the New Testament. I also then um, have this in-touch daily devotional that I try to read. So I try to read my Bible in the morning. The um, I'm doing it through an app, the year mm. app, because it's just easy for me to pull my phone in the morning, mm-hmm. not get out of bed and read it. And then the evening, I try to do this in-touch, and it's like a daily thing. And then a lot of times, if I have time before I go in a classroom, because I just really feel like I need to be you know, prayed up or encouraged, I have a first five app. It's... Um, Lisa Turkhurst, uh, mm. Proverbs 31, mm-hmm. and that's on my phone. And so they have a daily devotion as well. And I'll pull that up and sometimes, I mean, it'll just hit me and speak to me. They'll have a verse and then they have a little um, devotion about it. So it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Have you ever used a devotional book? Oh, yes, I have. Um, like Jesus Calling yes. or, mm-hmm. you know, um, I've been through Bible studies there. I was trying to think of, there's one that was E. Stanley Jones. Hmm. I can't think off the top of my head, but mm-hmm. I read through that during a very difficult season of my life. I should know the name of that. Hmm. Um, sorry, it's yeah. not coming to me. But yes, I have read through um, devotions, but I, I tend to probably go um, more towards the Bible unless I'm in a specific Bible study. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have a life verse? Oh, yes. <laughs> so I have a favorite verse and a life verse. Can I tell you two? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. So my favorite verse, I think that's a beautiful picture. Mm. And my life verse probably is Genesis fifty twenty. you know, that um, you intended to harm me, but God intended mm. it for good um, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And I am not a Joseph by any means, uh, but and I, he had he had different, different difficult circumstances than what I went through. He, you know, his weren't personal. He didn't make personal choices to be sinful, um, but God used his story, you know, even though he had a lot of adversity. He turned it for the good. And I'm hoping that the adversity that I went through, that I feel like is a, a, a spiritual attack on my life because Satan does not want us to do what God has called us to do, mm-hmm. right? He is trying to destroy us every day. Mm-hmm. That now God has turned that and possibly, possibly is God impacting many lives because of the pain that I went through. I mean, I, maybe I'm a romantic. I don't know. But I, I do think that God, he does that indeed. I know he's doing that. Oh, yes, Christy. By (laughs) all means, he's doing that with you because you are touching many, many lives. Yes, I I pray. I I pray that I am. Yeah, yeah. Because they're worth it. Well, Joseph is, of course, his, uh, the biblical. God can use, you know, pain. No one is too far um, from God. and, And maybe we've done things in our life or things have happened to us. And we think, well, how could God use me? He can, Mm -hmm. he, he will use all of it if you allow him to. Mm-hmm. It's very uncomfortable, though. Um, you know, many times, you know, I, th- I I think even me personally can make people feel uncomfortable because I am so uh, vulnerable with my story. And it's it's not because I like to do it. I actually sometimes mm-hmm. I get mad at God and say, you know, really? You know, no one is out here. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. But I feel like no one is out there extending themselves, you know, being real. Why are you asking me to, God? It's not a fun, comfortable place. But I just know he's asked me to do it. So I have to trust and be faithful. And mm-hmm. there's no greater joy. Following Christ is no greater joy. No greater joy. Yes. I agree. I mm-hmm. agree. Can you tell us a favorite biblical account? Yes. So, um, you know, again, I, I guess, you know, I hate that. I re- It's really unique 
I won't say I hate, that's a strong word. It's really unique that God has, I feel like my purpose is to speak about sexual sin. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, really, I'm, you know, in the classroom, they lovingly call me the sex lady, the teenagers do, you know? <laughs> and <Yeah>. so <laughs> to think that that is sort of like the platform that I'm speaking for Christ, but isn't, you know, mm-hmm. sexual sin is, I mean, in a culture where sex sells everything and it's everywhere, I guess I have to do that job, you know? And so um, just, I love the story of when Jesus gets anointed by the sinful woman Mm. and, you know, he's there at a dinner with these really important spiritual leaders, right? And she finds out he's there and she just is at a place where she's got nothing to lose. And she goes in and she, you know, anoints him and she cries real tears and wipes, you know, her tears with his hair. And this, you know, Simon is like in his, you know, not even out loud. And he's thinking like if Jesus knew who this woman was, he would totally, he would not let her do this. She is so sinful, right? And Jesus answers his thoughts Mm -hmm. and tells him a story about, you know, two people who had lended money to to men and, you know, one lended a whole lot of money and one lended less. And he said, Simon, which one would be grateful more grateful that I canceled the debt, the one who had was lended a lot of money or the one who was lended little. And he's like, well, I assume, you know, I guess probably the one who had a lot of money that they were, you know, had been lended to. And he's like, yes, in fact, you know, she, she has a lot of sins. He says that, you know, they've been many. He said, but I came here and you have not, you know, respected me or welcomed me at all. And her sins are many, but they've been forgiven. And she loves much because she's been forgiven much. Hmm. And I just... And, so I, I get a lot of language from my teens, you know, because I got to be relatable. I try to be cool. Now, my kids don't think I'm cool. OK, but that moment is like a mic drop. You know, it's like my Jesus, like she loves, you know, she loves much because she's been forgiven much. And I'm just like mic drop, oh, you know, because I feel like that in my life that um, I used to get I used to beat myself up because I felt so sinful. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was different than everybody. I felt like I was worse than everybody. I felt dirty and shame. Shame just covered my life for so long. Mm-hmm. And I got to a place where you know God delivered me, and He taught me truth, and He continued to teach me to build, you know pull those lies out of my life. And um, you know I I feel like I am I do have a different relationship with God because mm-hmm. of where I've been because I know I can't be anything without Him, and I have to have Him in my life. Like I have to, and I, I, you know I think some people um, they they have the the luxury and the privilege of living in a in a godly home, which I always wanted. And, um, you know, they may feel like they have, they're doing some, they're good and they're doing some things good, right? Because they, you know, they don't make maybe a lot of unhealthy choices and they've had a pretty good life and their parents are Christians and they're Christians. You know, I didn't have that luxury and I used to compare myself to those people, but now I just know that God is using all my story and it makes me more relatable to the ones he came for us. He came for those who have nothing and who are sinful and who, you know, don't know Christ. That's who he came for. So it gives me great comfort in that story. Don't you think that people who have been through things similar to you have more of a story to tell about God and how his faithfulness and the strength and endurance and and love and forgiveness and all of that mm-hmm. compared to people who have had everything mm-hmm. textbook, you yes, know, Christian right. parents, yeah. Christian home, all of this, and how much more God is able to use you than some who have grown up in, yes. you know, what we might would say have had a perfect right. Absolutely. I do think so, but I, I don't want it to um, sound like this. So I, I do believe that we can be so much more grateful, right? Because we know where we've come from. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I, and I think um, people who have had good lives and they've had that benefit. That I will say this: they, if they have made good decisions, and that's that's wonderful for them. They do have positive consequences for that. And so the the bright side of that, if they, if they can see, you know, because I've heard people say, "Well, I wish I had a testimony." Like, shoot, I wish I was a drug addict. You know, like sure. you know, people sort of idolize, like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, that's a great that that's like a miraculous." But we all mm-hmm. are in need of a savior. We all, I mean, if we can re- recognize that we all need, we all have miracles. You know, even if we've come from a Christian home, we made really good decisions. We still need God, and and mm-hmm. and you can just it's sort of like the um, the parable um, of the uh, prodigal, right? You know. Y- the son who was upset because his you know brother comes home and like here his dad's throwing him this party he could have been like you're just thankful that he didn't go through those things instead of being upset you know you could be glad that you came from that kind of mm-hmm. a good life and know that you um you have positive consequences for the choices that you made you know my husband um uh, and he he made good decisions in his life and he actually saved himself for myself um for marriage mm-hmm. he saved sex his dad told him that it was a gift he gets he gets honored for that. Mm-hmm. And so there, you know, there are things that where I have negative consequences that I have to mm-hmm. pay for. But thankfully, God can use those to help others. Oh. So I don't want to compare myself and say that, you know, I am any better of a Christian just because I went through negative things. That's not the case. Yeah, I understand that. And I see what you're saying. Yes. So, yeah, we're each unique. Each of us answers to God. We are not to compare ourselves to anyone else. Absolutely. Well, we need to take another break, Christy, so we'll be right back with the chat. We're back with the chat, and I'm chatting with Christy Shaw, and we're just having a very enlightening, very good chat today. There's something else I'd like to know, Christy, about your Bible study and years of doing that. Do you have any favorite biblical women? Yes, I would say Esther is one of my favorites because, you know, she um, was chosen to be queen. And then her people are, you know, they're in a time where they're going to be perished. There's this evil person in the kingdom, right? Who is going to, he wants to get rid of all the Jews and her uncle who had raised her. So she wasn't even raised by her parents. You know, I, I love the, I love the underdog. <laughs> I love the underdog story. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't we love a good good story? Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's raised by her uncle, and he comes to her and says, you know, Esther, you 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 have to go to the king. You have to stop this. And she's thinking, well, number one, she's a woman. You know, that culture, that time, you you don't just go to the king. Uh, even as, you know, even as a man, you don't, but especially as a woman. And, you know, he's like, you've got to do something. And she she says yes, and she fasts, and she prays, and she tells people to to pray for her. And she goes respectfully and summons him, you know, she does three, she goes three times, you know, and has these dinners with him. And then she finally, you know, tells him the truth of, you know, evil that was going to happen, that someone was trying to, you know, kill her people. And just her respectful nature, how she was wise and how she handled it, how she was super brave to even go to the king because you, back then you, you didn't do that. And he, and he found favor in her. And then, you know, this, the story of her, you know, stepping in and her people were saved just because she was, she, she trusted God. Um, she didn't, and she said, you know, if I perish, I perish. So people mattered to her and people mm-hmm. definitely matter to me. I am a people lover. I love people's stories. I love to know what makes people tick. I love to know where they come from because mm-hmm. I love, you know, I love that restoration piece. I love people to come to their fullness in Christ, which we won't 
it won't completely happen until we see him face to face. And I can't wait for that moment. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I love to see people doing their calling, helping Mm -hmm. others come Mm -hmm. to Christ. So Mm -hmm. my other favorite one is probably just Mary, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because Mm -hmm. she was a sinful woman and God, you know, delivered her from demons and she had the sexual past. Again, you know, that speaks near and dear to my heart because Jesus loved her anyways. And he stopped people from, you know, um, well, wanting to kill her. And, you know, she was the first person that um, got to see Jesus when he was resurrected. Mm -hmm. And that just shows me that Jesus, you know, he values and honors women as well. And isn't it unique, even the people in Jesus' storyline, you know, like Rahab, who was a prostitute and how he changed her life. And just the people that God uses, God uses broken people. And I'm so thankful for that because... um, Again, the people who are broken have the the opportunity, if they can get the healing that they need, to just really impact people and help them go to their next steps. We always need, you know, we all are, you know, we are always being sanctified and grown and what are our next steps? And so, you know, if you have been through something, you have the opportunity. And I, I even, you know, I'm, I'm 43, so I, I say, I tell the students I feel like an old lady. But I'm sort of in the middle, right? <laughs> I, I can mentor the young people that I go speak mm-hmm. to, but I, I love older women to help come beside me. And I really feel like we have um, a responsibility to mm-hmm. share with others to help them mm-hmm. grow in their walk. Mm-hmm. So There are two groups of people that I think God uses an extra amount. And those two groups are broken people mm-hmm. and weak people. Mm-hmm. God wants to use us, but he realized because we realize we can't be used unless he works through us, unless he does the work through us. Don't you think? Oh, yes. Amen. For sure. Yes. I I definitely agree with that. Have you had a mentor? Oh, yes. (laughs) I would not be here without um, wonderful women in my life. And I've gotten different people through different seasons. And so. Um, you know, one of my very dear friends, I went through Celebrate Recovery because of um, the past that I'd been through and my trauma. And I decided, well, I didn't decide. I did not decide. I went to it once and I said, yeah, that's not for me because I'm not an alcoholic and I'm not a drug addict. So I'm, I'm not, no, I'm good, God. And then he's like, no, you need to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I decided to go. And one of the leaders of the one that I went to, her name is Lisa, she, um, mentored me and she taught me a lot obviously i learned for the i've been a christian my whole life but they say the farthest distance is from your head to your heart right and you can believe things about god um but not but not know them like you could actually this other way you can know things about god but not actually believe them Mm -hmm. and so i knew that he died for people and i knew that you know we were forgiven of our sins but i did not feel and believe that and so through celebrate recovery and her love and uh, mentoring in my life she um helped me understand that, you know, when I was saying that God could die for everybody else because I thought that they were better than me and I didn't feel worthy, I was actually saying that God is not who he says he is. And I was saying that he didn't do what he did. And I was like, oh, God, I am. Like, oh, I, I, God, I would never say that about you. Like, you know, that's, that's awful. And he's like, well, that's what you're saying. And so that really uh, changed my life. Tracy Pike was um, the education director for a long time for Clarity. And she saw in me what I would have never seen and she came beside me as an older woman she's about um she's not old if she i know she's probably going to listen to my (laughs) to this and she's not old but she's lived a little bit more life than i have and she cultivated um in me what she what i didn't know that i had and she taught me that i had value and that i had something to offer and she has um 
her walk and prayer life with God um, encourages me. Um, I go to her for advice for everything, for parenting, for my mouth when I get a little lippy and I don't know what to say. Uh, for situations, I say, you know, please give me wisdom. Like, I guess because I feel like in the past I've not made healthy choices, so I don't always trust that I know how to make the best decision. So I definitely go to people mm-hmm. and ask them, mm-hmm. like, what do you see in this and how how, how mm-hmm. should I handle the situation? So I've had some great godly women pour into me and there's been others too judy snow is one uh, that we talked about that she she was the center manager when i was volunteering at clarity and uh, she is a very godly woman and she helped me just get that healing mm-hmm. and you know that that shame and all the times that i thought that i wasn't worthy she she taught me that you know god doesn't see you that way that uh, there's always hope and no matter what we've done or where we come from um, god redeems all of that godly women those are the ones that god wants to use in our lives and so you know he uses many different things to get to us to change our minds Mm -hmm. and to teach us and to bring healing to us well you've talked about struggles in your life Mm -hmm. during the past few minutes and Mm -hmm. i know uh from what you're saying you've you've dealt with some tough stuff Mm -hmm. some tough stuff As Christians, we do struggle. Sometimes people think, well, I'm a Christian now, so I shouldn't have any difficulties in my life, and we should have smooth sailing from here. But that's not how it is. God wants to teach us things in our struggles. Mm -hmm. What are some things he has taught you Mm -hmm. through struggles? Okay, well... Uh, like uh, right now, probably uh, I've been in, and, and I think most people have, uh, you know, COVID has caused a lot of people to um, just struggle. None of us are really doing well mentally and emotionally, right? It's been a difficult season. And so this season that I have been in uh, recently has been a season of loneliness and losing uh, people who are dear to me, um, just being separated from them. And I feel like maybe even God purposefully has taken friendships away um, that I that were very important to me. I tend to be that that person, and here's an analogy, and I don't know why I say because I'm not a country girl, but I put all my eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mm-hmm. uh, for years wanted my husband. You know, I thought, well, I was a you know teen, teen mom, and I wanted to have you know I wanted to be I wanted to have God's design a husband and a wife, right? So when my husband married me, he redeemed me and validated me, and I never I wouldn't have any problems, and I would feel all better, right? While Christy wasn't all better. Because Christy still had all that past trauma that she hasn't worked through just because, you know, my, your husband doesn't redeem you. So I put my eggs in his basket for years. Like, hmm. you're going to make me better and you're going to, you know, I'm going to be valued because I'm your wife and you're going to love me the way I need to be loved. You know, all these unrealistic expectations of people that he couldn't fill. Mm-hmm. And so there were seasons where I was going through celebrate recovery, other Bible studies where God, you know, I wanted Dennis to be my husband, to be the person who would help me get better. But God's like, and he and he sort of wasn't. And God's like, no. No, I want, I'm, I'm the person. So I learned that God is the only person who can fill me. And he already redeemed me before I got married. Mm-hmm. And he already, you know, he, he brings that restoration. It's not a man. So I love to tell ladies, a man will not fill that void. Mm-hmm. That God size, you know, void in our heart is only for God. We make idols out of them. We do. I made an idol out of my husband. And then I made an idol out of um, having a healthy family for years because I did everything wrong, right? I had this son and then he you know i mean there's there's struggles with that you know my husband and i we were not perfect people and my husband comes from a different family than i do and my husband adopted him a beautiful story but satan didn't want that really to happen and we had we struggled raising him he was he was you know he had difficulties 
growing up, my husband, you know, not bonding to him for the first five years because he was five, you know, those things. So I, I don't like, I want a healthy family. I didn't have one. I want a healthy family. And God finally showed me you're making that an idol. And, and, um, because the way I was responding to being out of control was not healthy. I was not healthy for my family, my husband, my children. I wasn't parenting them. So he had to bring me through some Bible studies and some truth to change. And so I laid that down. And then I went through a season recently of, I didn't really know I was, but my idol was friendships and just being, I loved, I want to be liked. I want to be affirmed. I Mm -hmm. want people to love. I want everyone to love me. Mm -hmm. I want everyone who meets me to love me. I just do doggone it. And they're not going to. And, um, I've lost friendships lately and it's very hard because I just want to be, it's that God says whole from the time I was a little girl. I've just always wanted to be loved and God does. And he's the only one. And he's like, Christy, you're, you know, just you, all you need is me. And even in this season of loneliness, like I said, he is growing me super uncomfortable. But I know, I don't know what's, I don't know what he's doing right now. But I know that he will continue to um, make me more Christ-like. And, and this is what is needed. And I get mad at him sometimes. You, you know? get mad at I God. do. <laughs> and I tell him. <laughs> I had a situation recently. I'm like, I am really mad at him. But, you know, someone has said before, you know, you, God can handle it. God can handle everything. If you're mad at him, you better tell him. I mean, he knows anyways. Mm-hmm. You just got to talk to him, you know, and I just let him know, God, this is not, you know, and I, I, you know, I try to control my life and I try to, you know, I try to make, I want everyone to be healthy. So, you know, I try to restore my family for years. I try to be the one, you know, in counseling. Cause I, we did go to finally go to counseling, not when Christy wanted to, but God's timing. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was sitting there and I had a breakthrough when I finally admitted that I was raped. That took me years to admit and the counselor, you know, I just said, you know, I carried it forever because I didn't want my husband to be hurt. I didn't want my precious son to be hurt. I never wanted him to have that kind of a beginning. And I didn't want my family to be hurt. My parents, you know, I felt like I'd let people down. And I tried to carry it so it wouldn't hurt anybody. But that, you know, God God uh, does not ask us to do that. So there's been a lot of unhealthy things that I've done in my life. And I just see, I mean, if I had a timeline, I can just tell you, you got, yep, that's what God did here. And he just continues to do these really big things in my life. And again, it's not for me. It's because he wants me to be real and share with others. And Mm -hmm. even though it's uncomfortable, I'm going to do it because people are worth that. I mean, that's what God is. God is relational. We're not here for ourselves. Yes, indeed. Have you in your struggles in life, has God given you a special song uh, that has encouraged you, has lifted you up, mm-hmm. has given you strength to continue going through those struggles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, music is everything to me. I am a lover of music. And so um, there's a song more recently that just I can't get over. The words are just so powerful. And so it wasn't always there for me. You know, there have been songs over seasons. You know, God, uh, he, he uses music to minister to us. And it's just like, you know, he is, it's like it was made for you, you know, that, mm-hmm. and that the beauty of music that it can just mm-hmm. touch your heart in ways that, you know, we, we didn't know could. And so recently, um, Reckless Love came out. I don't even know when it came out, but um, it's probably been a year, two years old. But every time we sing it in church or every time I hear it somewhere, I just cannot, you know, I, I get really weepy. Mm-hmm. I'm a crier anyways, but it just touches me because he talks about how, uh, you know, he, from the time we were born, he has just been there for us mm-hmm. and he's speaking love over us and you can run away from him and you can reject him, but he is a pursuer of our hearts. And even when we felt like he wasn't there, he, he was. 
And I, I, I seriously cannot wait till we get to heaven. And he's, um, uh, someone said this one time, you're going to watch a reel of your life and eat some popcorn. You know, I'll be up there eating popcorn watching how God was working. And you mm. didn't see that. Mm-hmm. But you know, he, you know, he was. Um, it's just going to be incredible. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes he gives us glimpses of that in our life. And I just am so thankful when he does. Because again, it's almost like, you know, they're a miracle. I'm a miracle. I'm a walking miracle. I think we all are, right? Because mm-hmm. we're all in need of this. Mm-hmm. We're in desperate need of a Savior. So reckless love just, it wrecks me every time I hear it. Let's listen to Reckless Love. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You have been so, so kind to me.
the words to that song are the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. And it says that over and over in the song. How amazing, how powerful it is for God to work in such a way in each and every one of our lives. Thank you, Christy, for that song. It will minister to many who are listening now. We need to take another break. So, Christy, we'll be right back with the chat. Well, Christy, we're getting ready to bring our chat to a close. But before we do, I'd like to give you an opportunity. Is there anything that God has laid on your heart for you to share with our listeners today? Absolutely. Yes. Um, God is for you and he loves you so much. And I think each person, you have unique giftings and they are needed. You are needed. Your giftings are needed to impact this world. And so if you are struggling, if you feel lonely or broken, that's exactly who he can use. And I really encourage you to get help and healing. And for me, that was in specific Bible studies, mentors and counseling. And there's no shame in any of that. And when you, it's not comfortable, it's super difficult, but when you walk through those times and he brings you through and you, you process and get the truth, truth sets us free. And I promise you, he will not waste a hurt he will use it and who knows what he has called you to your calling is probably what you've been through your mess is probably your message he loves you so much and no one is on the outside of not being able to be used because he will use all of it very much so christy i you know as a marriage and family counselor myself and i've been almost for 30 years now And the number of people that I have dealt with, that the difficulties that they have worked through, now they're able to minister and help others. And it just about is always the fact that they will teach others what they've just learned from God through the difficulty that they've experienced. Absolutely. Will you pray with us? Yes. Oh, Heavenly Father, we are in awe of you and how you love us so much and how you work individually in our lives to make us more like you, Lord. I pray that you would help us to honor you in uh, laying down ourselves, dying to ourselves daily so that we could be more Christ-like. I pray that you would put people in our lives that would help grow us to be more like you. I pray that you would help us to seek your face right now in this difficult uh, time and, and history, that you would Help grow us into the godly people, godly men and women that we need to be so that we could honor you and we could then be a light. Lord, this world is dark and you know that. And I pray that each person who is listening today knows that their light is going to be used for someone and they need you to be a light in their life. We thank you for loving uh, the broken pieces of us and for loving us as a broken mess. And uh, we give you all praise and honor for everything you do in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for coming to chat with me today, Christy. Thank you. This has been good. It's been an honor. I've enjoyed getting to know you, so thank you. You've taught me a lot. Well, thank you. You've been such a blessing to me, and I know to those who have listened today, either on WYGS or on podcasts. So thank you again for coming. 
It's been an honor. And thank you, listeners. I've appreciated your tuning in to the chat today. I look forward to future times when we can once again sit and have a chat. Boat, 